0: where some crazy ass old biddy come to you and talk about romance whether that's in books movies tv shows whatever we're feeling that day my name's liz i'm danny uh oh yeah i'm wiggles and welcome to the show
1: apparently we're on the struggle bus today <laughs> oh yeah for sure
2: i don't know what you're talking
0: about i'm always together prepared yep Anyway, this episode is going to be a little bit different. We're not talking about a book. We're not talking about a movie. We're talking about a TV show. We're talking about The Good Place. I love The Good Place so much. But before we um, talk about The Good Place, we got to know what you guys have been up to. What have you been reading or watching or what you doing? Talk to me. I decided to be a cowboy, so I have poured. <laughs> uh, Baldur's Gate 3 is
2: out. So the fact that I'm even... Doing this is kind of a
0: miracle. Hey, if you had to play Baldur's Game instead, I would have understood.
2: Well, so I've already played the first chapter. So it's also kind of like, I've, there are a few surprises, but not many. So I'm really just trying to get to that second chapter and be like, okay, what were you building up to? I need to see it. <laughs> but, okay, so the, the the people who have played will know what I'm talking about. So there's a character named Bastarian who's a sexy blonde elf vampire. Wait, she's a vampire. He's a vampire. He's a vampire.
1: Yeah. So he's just right up Wiggles Alley. Uh,
2: he's kind of whiny and bitchy, like a rich bitch kind oh. of thing. So kind of. Um, but he is he is like the one that you're like, ooh, oh boy. <laughs> and the one of the changes they made to him is that he now has arm porn, um, oh. at the in the night scenes, and I'm like, because before he had these just. Pu- Elizabethan era puffy sleeve things. I'm not here. For- no. And now he has just like tan undershirt rolled up to the elbows. It's like goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> How
0: dare you? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well I was not in Video Game Land with you gals. I finished reading Can't Spell Treason without T by rebecca thorne just supposed to be a cozy fantasy it was kind of meh to me honest like a lot of high stakes oh yeah and if you're reading cozy fantasy you want cozy yeah um and then i decided to uh, to flip it around um and i read satan's affair (sighs) by ht carlton that sounds spicy Okay. Have you guys seen all of the fucking TikTok shit about Hunting Adeline or Haunting Adeline? Yeah. Yes. This is the novella that is like the prequel to that. Um, All of the trigger warnings in the world. All of them. Oh. Uh, And I got through most of the book and I was like, I don't, I like almost DNF'd it, but I was like, it's a novella. I can finish it. Uh, and then you get to the end and you're like, what the fuck? Just-? So the ending does make up for it, but there's a lot getting of, there's hard yeah getting there is hard. so i don't know if i won't dig at a lot we'll you know see.
2: they're so hyped on tiktok and where did that lead us last time ice planet barbarians and hooked and hooked, and hooked. like I, the dark romance girlies have really taken over book talk and they have a lot to answer for <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> this one is so the premise of satan's affair is the main character sybil or city um left at the age of 18 this like branch davidian-esque gross yeah um grew up there and it was awful so trigger warning you know for um any of that and then she joins a traveling halloween like carnival and lures people that she's evil into the haunted house so she can murder them
2: god damn oh yeah so a little bit of a promising young woman kind of thing only not that promising. Sure. Have you you've never seen that movie? Oh, okay. Well, okay, 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 okay. I'm not going to give anything else away, uh, although that's not giving it away. It's in the fucking trailer. There's uh, the the premise is that this girl goes out. She's like about our age, maybe a little bit younger. Uh, she goes out every night and pretends to get hammered so that a guy will attempt to take her home and then she confronts him about it. Oh, yeah. So she's, it's like, I'm, she's like, no, I need to go home. I need to go home. I'm so drunk. And then he finally she's like, no, I need to go home. And they have to, you know, recognize what they were about to do to her. And it's a whole, it's, it's one of those movies where you will be upset, disturbed, angry, sad, just like, You'll feel every fucking emotion, and you'll hate it and you love it at the same time.
1: It's really good. I saw an experiment like that on YouTube where they did that. They just she went out and she had, she had people that were watching her back and everything and were close, but she would act completely hammered and then walk in like the downtown areas of these big cities and everything and see what happened. And it was fucking terrifying. And she goes, "Here's the thing, I know." That I am relatively safe, one, I'm not drunk, two, I have security and everything. And yet I was still frightened.
2: Well, here's the thing about this movie. I don't say this about very many. It fucking stuck with me. Like, not for a day, not for a couple days, for, like, weeks. I was, like, it was in the back of my head, just processing. And it's one of those ones where people had really fucking strong reactions to it emotionally. That they couldn't get past it, I think, in order to actually really like think about what this movie was doing. Anyway, that's not what we're supposed to be talking about. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. We can get on to that. Uh, yeah, so we're talking about The Good Place. Talk to me about The Good Place. Well, The Good Place is a TV show that
1: basically, when you start out, these Humans think that they're in the good place. Eleanor Shellstrop is the main character, and she wakes up, and she's she's literally in front of a big green sign that says, everything's fine. And she gets taken in and says, Eleanor, you have died. You're in the good place. And she meets a bunch of people and everything, and eventually you come to find out that they are not in the good place. There are four hold up,
2: hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. What? spoiler warning if you've not watched the show you need to stop listening right now
1: we did forget to do our normal spoiler warning
0: at this point i just assume that if you're listening to us you are understanding that that's a big about
2: spoiler though that's a big spoiler did you okay did you watch that happen and no you didn't but did you watch that happen like in real time because i was one of the people who was watching it happen yeah, on tv right I and did not
1: watch it in real time. I watched it. I was binging.
2: See, I don't think it hits quite as big if you're binging. But That reveal was like, oh, my God. Like, you've, you've gotten so settled in and comfortable with the fucking premise. And then it's like, boom.
0: Just kidding. Fuck your shit. <laughs> well, so there you go. I guess your massive spoiler warning. Danny, why don't you tell us what? You were about to spoil for people.
1: Okay, as it turns out, there are four people that have been put in this neighborhood. And they are the only four humans in the neighborhood. Everyone else are demons. And they're there trying to to get them to torture each other.
2: And they are in the bad place. They are
1: in the bad place.
2: Not the good place.
0: Yeah, and that's just the first season of yep. four.
2: This show... it it should not have been as good as it was like just thinking about the way tv works it should not have been able to have such distinctively different seasons yeah yeah and still been fucking amazing and he still cared about every character and Mm -hmm. it was just it it's an anomaly
1: well and it's really fucking funny and then it also gives you unexpected feelers like soup like emotionally damaging at the end (laughs) Well,
2: for fuck's sake, I didn't think it was that emotional of a show. And then I was watching some recaps to just kind of like catch myself up. And there was one that was like just hitting emotional beat after emotional beat. And I was like, you motherfuckers. I'm going to cry watching a 10 minute YouTube
0: video about a show that ended years ago. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, I rewatched. So going completely out of order here and talking about the end of season three. And one of the recaps I watched was Cheaty's goodbye. And I was just like, oh, no, the feels again. They're coming back. <laughs> <Right>? Which one? <laughs> Which um, cheaty goodbye? The one where he has to get his memory wiped. Ah. Uh, yeah. Yes. I
1: Liz, is, Liz didn't finish until after I had already started talking about The Good Place. And I think it was like a week later, you must have like finished watching it. And all of a sudden we get a text that's like, oh, my God.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, you, it, the thing with TV is a lot of times you don't get the, like, fully wrapped up ending.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they did a fabulous job on that.
0: Yes, they did. But that's because they actually took half of a season to actually wrap it up, it felt like. Mm-hmm. Well,
2: I think there are very few shows that have had showrunners that have a goal in mind and then stop when they reach that goal. That's true. That is
1: true. Like, and, they could have milked that for so many more years, mm-hmm. but they didn't
2: like when i mean perfect example if you look at the show supernatural that was supposed to end after like season five i think like that was their termination point and you can fucking tell oh yeah it just got worse and
0: worse and less coherent well i mean there certainly were parts of supernatural after season five that were good but yeah it was less coherent and everything updating to that
2: right well i i still like i said i It did get worse and worse, but at the same time, there were moments that were worth watching. But this, that that deterioration didn't happen at all. And I I think that much like other shows which have just, like, fucked themselves up, uh, this one could have gone that way as well.
1: Well, and I love the constant callbacks to, like, earlier seasons and everything. And it's stuff you didn't see in the previous season, like, he he lets Eleanor see her memories, and you get to see a whole, a whole time span that you never saw in the first season, which took place, technically, during the first season. Yeah. Because he rebu- reboots them, like, over 700 times.
0: Yeah, so that's, I mean, again, we're still in the first season with that, because he continues to fuck up uh, <laughs> the bad place, and they keep figuring out they're in the bad place. I think that's the second season. Is it? I think that was still the first season.
1: No, it's still the first season. Yeah. Yeah. The second season is when they start to teach him to be good and to trying to escape the bad place by going through the portal to talk to the judge.
0: And then the third season is when the judge agrees to send them back to Earth so they earn their place. Yes. And the fourth season, they're in the good place. Oh,
1: God. Yeah. I love that justification of what how bad the good place actually is.
2: Well, I mean, so many things about the way that this show works is to reflect where we are at right now. Right. Mm -hmm. Michael has this great speech where he's, you know, defending humanity to the judge, where he's like, it's not fair that humanity is judged the way that they are, because there's no way to be ethical, in the world as it exists right now you are constantly in a state where consumerism ruins the good intention you might have had yeah because you're stuck
1: with unintended consequences of using a smartphone of you know terrible practices as far as as immigration and labor for um, immigrants and everything like that like no matter what you do i do love that she went to the judge went to earth to try to see it she was gone for like two seconds and she's like the first thing I did when I got back was I googled big juicy natural tomatoes and all of them were like oh no
0: (laughs) (laughs) so not to completely change the subject but we are a romance podcast and I really do want to talk about the romances because I think it, that's going to also talk about how weird things get. Uh, yeah, I love the relationships that are built in this show. Yep. Well,
2: I think first let's kind of, I think, talk about who these characters really are, right? So the the four humans, if you will, that are the main subject of this are Eleanor, Chidi, Jason, and Tahani. And they all have done... Things in their lives that would have put them in the bad place maybe even if they were not being judged by this like flawed system but also have done things that would have maybe put them in the good place and so there's this whole th- dichotomy of like maybe there should be a neutral place and that's a whole lot of fun for later oh, the medium place the medium place, place. oh my god and then there's is Michael who is this demon who he's played by Ted Danson who is an older actor so he kind of gives off this like seasoned wise character but ultimately is basically the equivalent of being a junior manager <laughs> at a major corporation. It's true. Um, he's and the architect. The architect right and then there's Janet who and there are many Janets but our Janet is special Janet because we decided in the show, that she's special Janet, but she's a good Janet that Michael has kidnapped from the good place and forced to be in the bad place. And she's not a girl, she's not a robot, she's an all knowing interdimensional
0: thing. Yeah,
1: <laughs> she's basically an informational mainframe that can pop things into existence,
0: right? Yeah, she's a fucking genie,
1: yeah, and she makes a pleasant ding when she appears. <laughs> And scares the shit out of Eleanor all the fucking time, and it cracks me up every time. In subsequent
2: seasons, we definitely get some other characters that are really important, but those six really are the core of the show. Yes. So, which relationship do you want to start
0: with? Well, there's the main one. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's go for gold. <laughs> so, Eleanor and GD um, are brought into the good place the first time, told their soulmate, which we then learn soulmate's a real thing. That's just chose to mess with everybody mm-hmm. and they have to overcome a lot of obstacles together one of them being Eleanor telling cheaty right away no she's not supposed to be it's a different Eleanor that's supposed to be the,
1: the real Eleanor the real that Eleanor. one cracks me up every time too and
0: bad Eleanor <laughs> fake Eleanor fake Eleanor
2: I, I love the way real Eleanor her real name's Vicky I think yes uh when you find out more about her and her like Her whole, like, acting premise, like, she's like, I'm a serious actor.
1: (laughs) She gives off that vibe so strongly. But Chidi is a professor of ethics and moral philosophy. And Eleanor, as her words, she is a trash bag from Arizona. Yep. She worked in a really shitty call center that sold people fake medicine. She was overall kind of a dick.
2: Yeah. But the more you get to know her, the more you realize that she is one of those people who is like that as a self-defense mechanism. She oh, wasn't really given the so. support to be a good person, right? Her parents absolutely fucking failed her. Mm-hmm. And even when she wants to do good, she kind of gets punished for it in life.
1: Yeah, she does. And she just, she she never had good examples. And she emancipated herself at 16
0: because mm-hmm.
1: she just couldn't deal with her parents anymore. And while I agree that she needed to get away from them, I'm not sure that that was maybe the best decision either, because that's a lot to take on when
0: you're... Yeah, but I don't think she have any opportunity. That's true. So... They, well, were- they were something.
1: I think
2: sh- that the choice to make a character like Eleanor so-, so integral to the saving of humanity is so smart, because they didn't go... You know, we're gonna find the Steve Rogers of this world, right? Yeah. Um, but they also didn't go. We're gonna find somebody who is absolutely evil and then slowly build them up into being a good person, because I'm sorry, I don't. No one would be able to tolerate a Jeffrey Dahmer in this situation, right? But having her be so average bad, mm-hmm. there there are things that she does throughout the show that I think. Are, Various points people can relate to of like, yeah, I maybe didn't stick up for that person or I took advantage of somebody Mm -hmm. or I said something that I knew would be fucking cruel for no reason, right? And so it doesn't let you off the hook, right? Mm -hmm. This is not a bad, bad person, but it is a bad person and so are you, right? (laughs) It kind of like makes you have to have that feeling Mm -hmm. of... Guess what? She might not be a member of the KKK or she might not be a a psycho killer, but she isn't good.
0: Right. (laughs) Well, I mean, she was the relatable one in that aspect, but Chidi is bad of his inaction premise Mm -hmm. because he couldn't do any do any.
1: Right. Well, and he he made everybody around him miserable because of his indecision and everything he did. Like the reason he died is literally because they stood there for 30 fucking minutes trying to decide on a restaurant and an air conditioner fell out of the window and hit him.
2: Well, and there is this dichotomy that exists where if you don't do anything, sure, you don't do anything bad per se, but you also don't do anything good.
1: Yeah, he didn't didn't do anything to earn him a place in the good place either.
2: Right. Although I do think he... By that logic, belongs more in the medium place,
1: but
0: oh, yeah, <laughs> right. But there was the Mindy
1: Saint Clair. Mindy
0: Saint. Oh, she's too much fun.
1: Whoa. What an eighties. <laughs>
2: well, okay. So we, we, I know we were supposed to be talking about uh, Chidi and Eleanor, and I want to, but I also want to talk about Mindy Saint Clair and Derek. <laughs> oh <my> God, <laughs> which is one of my fucking favorites compilations if you will, of all the like interactions you get to have with them and the wind chime genitals and like all that shenanigans the things she says like there's a bit where um Eleanor is like asking about how they got out of trouble before and whatnot, and she was like, you literally go back every single time sometimes because you feel morally obligated to sometimes because. You walk in on me masturbating and sometimes because I walk on in on you masturbating.
1: No, it's sometimes I walk in on you while I masturbating.
2: Right, right.
0: It's like I I'm not even sure how that's possible. Sometimes you gotta you gotta do a walkabout while you're feeling <laughs> yourself, I guess. I can't say I have ever had that urge. No, but <laughs> no, me either, but well, I
2: get the sense that the deal with the medium place is that it's it's so medium that there's got to be such limited sensation in general. And so, like, you'll take whatever you can get.
1: Yeah, everything's just so boring. Like, mm-hmm. the only movies she has are, like, Cannonball Run 2 and the making of Cannonball Run 2. <laughs> right, and that. then she has Anne Rice uh,
0: vampire novels with stains on them. <laughs> i don't know the way they were describing the medium place i was like this medium place this is a bad place it might not be you know ripping your face off bad place but this isn't an- yeah it's constant and warm beer yeah
2: well the medium place is like earth is what i just kept coming back to i was like it's 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 like every bad day you've had where it wasn't like disastrous but it wasn't a good day it was yeah. a bad like it was a shitty day
1: so today for- a warm beer it, it, it was that kind of day
2: this is the bad place
1: my favorite one is the moment when jason is the one to figure it out he's like wait guys i think this is the bad place and michael's like jason figured that out oh this is an all-time low for me because <laughs> <Like, laughs> he is possibly the dumbest person you've ever seen he is but god is he he's so funny and he's so sweet like yeah. he honestly does try really hard for his friends and everything. It's just that he's really not smart.
0: He's from Florida.
2: He is the definition of Florida man. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like yeah. at one point <laughs> at one point Eleanor's like, Cheaty, I'm your nicest friend. No, Jason. I'm your hottest friend. No, Tahani. I'm your friend. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he is he is so sweet and he's so genuine for the most part. It's just Oh, Florida man. And his solution to everything is a Molotov cocktail. It is a solution. Although, it kind of
2: begs the question. Like, can you hold someone that stupid accountable for their actions to the point where you would put them in the bad place? That that was always, like, the one thought that I had. I was like, yeah, he's a fucking idiot who did some really dumb shit that definitely was not good. But, like, his motivations were not at all bad. (laughs) He was just like yeah, this will be really fun, and not thinking that the world had consequences.
1: Well, but he did steal stuff, and he was aware that that's not okay. It's
2: true. It's true. Like, But his evolution is almost more um, engaging, I think, than Eleanor's is, even, by the end.
1: Yeah, his relation to Janet. That's so funny. When they get married and Eleanor, does, uh, does anybody object in both to Honey and Eleanor? Of course we do. Yes. <laughs> overruled
2: well i also love that he realized that their janet was not or his janet if you will um was not something was off because he was like she didn't say not a girl when i said that's my girl <laughs> she always says not a girl it's cute
1: not a girl not a robot <laughs> i love that when she pops in first it's the first time you ever see janet Chidi calls her and she they ask about the bad place. And she goes, oh, sorry, that's the one thing I can't tell you about. I can play you a brief clip of what it's what's happening there right now. And it's just shrieking, screaming, and somebody <laughs> yells, the bears have two faces. <laughs> it's
0: like, well, it doesn't sound good. <laughs> yeah. I do really love Tahani, though, because, I, I mean, I she comes back around as far as, like, she has a lot of character growth towards the end, and she realizes that life is not all about how people are being, like, seen as the best or, you know, stuff like that. Um, but I just thought she was so interesting throughout the entire thing, and her relationship with Eleanor is so funny. Every time Eleanor just being like, um, I don't know, maybe I am attracted to her. <laughs> Side note, I might be really
1: attracted to Tahani. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, she's fucking gorgeous. I just stare at her. Okay, now that we've gone on to a tangent about Jason, a little bit about Tahani, let's talk. go back to talking about Eleanor and Chip. I love their relationship. I think they're fucking cute as shit. And I like the different facets of their relationship over all the years that they were together in the afterlife and then back on Earth and everything and how their relationship could change over time, but they always ended up being super important to each other.
0: Yeah, which is a twist. It twists them originally being and finding exist, coming back together as it-
1: Well, and in a lot of the reboots they weren't they weren't romantically involved whatsoever. But they still became incredibly important to each other, incredibly good friends, really best friends. And that's kind of what I like about the relationship because it, they're not just, oh my god, I think I love you. It's they've built a relationship of mutual respect over time every single time. And the very first time that they like actually fall in love and admit it to each other, the moment that they fall in love is so simple and so sweet and makes me want to vomit a little bit. But they go he's about to sneeze and before he even does it eleanor grabs a tissue and hands it to him and it's so it's that moment of anticipating another person's needs is the moment that they fell in love and i'm like well that's just fucking adorable and i hate that i love it so much i get i love it and hate it at the same time
2: i don't know i think the thing about them that works the best is that they have that yin and yang quality to them like, where Chidi's panicked and frantic and cannot get focused in on something once he gets into that state. Eleanor, when under pressure, that's her, her best self, yeah, right? she
1: weirdly evens out. Yeah.
2: Um. And in the reverse, that when th- all things are calm and all things are even, you will find Chidi relying on the wisdom of others to make decisions and things like that, even though he is wildly indecisive versus Eleanor it's just going to fall back on whatever is easiest and so they have this very polar opposite thing that we see all the time in romance novels and things like that where it's like I'm a little bit country I'm a little bit rock and roll (laughs) (laughs) and it's like okay well let's mix that peanut butter with that chocolate and see what we get you know I don't know I I also like I like that Cheedy doesn't see Eleanor as the Arizona trash bag from basically from the beginning. Like, he's like, you shouldn't be here. And he's freaked out about it. But he does not see her in the same light that she sees herself. And once again, Eleanor doesn't see Cheedy the way Cheedy sees himself either. She sees him as a nerd <laughs> and a dork.
0: But, yeah. But she also sees him as somebody that's reliable and, like, somebody that is always there and even though Chidi might see himself in a positive look he's always so wishy washy but when it comes to Ellen he kind of like he just knows yeah
2: I will say this show which is seemingly kind of family friendly is very adult oh yeah oh yeah it's just so it's so good at writing that very fine line of like is this inappropriate well we're gonna try this to get by like I love that there's one part where when they f- like, they're right outside the good place. And Chidi finds a mailman's, like, uniform.
0: Um. And she's <laughs> just, like,
2: losing her mind place. about it. And it's like, do you have a fucking <laughs> mailman kink? <cake? laughs> like, what is this? Um, I don't know. It's, it's There's so many things like that throughout the show. It's not just tied to Chidi and Eleanor's relationship. But th- they, they do a really good job of making very adult points without ever going... Too far into that adult range, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, and just the way it explores emotions, it, it is still family friendly. But like, it's it is extreme. Um, I think one of my favorites is actually to the end when Cheedy gets his memories back and he remembers everything about Ellen. Reads her file. All of a sudden, he is not feeling worthy of Ellen. He's like, "Look at my file. I didn't do anything. I'm boring. And look at your file. You did all of these things." And Eleanor's like, "Well." Does it bother you that I did those things? No, you just did cool things. Okay, well then we're good. So just the the different exploration of like how relationships can work I think is very interesting. It
1: is. I also really like the, the moments where they learn from each other because the whole preface mm-hmm. is that she's supposed to be learning ethics from him. But he also learns things from her. For instance when she is kind of she's really gotten into ethics she's super fucking stoked about it and everything and she's kind of in his face about it like constantly and he just wants a little time to himself he's supposed to be in paradise and it's a moment for her of realization that she needs to take into account other people's thoughts and feelings on the things she then recognizes that if he does succeed in getting her to stay it means that his soulmate, because at this time they believed that they were in the good place, it means that his soulmate would never be there. And so every ounce of her happiness would cause him a lot of pain. And on the same s- scenario, she basically tells him that you need to just tell me to fuck off occasionally. Right. And so she, she he has to learn that he needs to stand up for himself a little bit. There are moments where you are allowed to say, I can't deal with this right now. And that you need to step away. And that was just a really sweet moment for me of her being like, okay, I hear you and I understand. But also, I need you sometimes to tell me when I'm doing these things. (laughs) Because sometimes when we're excited, we don't notice that we're being fucking annoying. I know, I do it to you guys. Yay, ADHD. Should we talk about my favorite relationship in the show?
0: Lead us to it. Jason. Jason and Janet. That's an interesting one because, like, it doesn't make a lick of sense. No. But it also doesn't seem forced because as Janet is rebooted and learning how to essentially human some similar version thereof, she has Jason who's just like there being honestly dumb, but, you know, just supportive and nice and like, hey, you're cool. It's okay. Well, and the whole reason that she really
1: enjoys his company in the first place is because when she gets rebooted the first time, she literally knows nothing. Yeah. Um, And so she has to ask, she asks him at one point, what are jalapeno poppers? And he gets super excited and he tells her what they are. And it's just, it's a real sweet moment of, oh, I get to help you with something and I'm super excited to help you with something. He is a really adorably sweet person, dumb as a box of rocks. He literally, how Jason dies, is locked himself in a safe With a snorkel because he thought he would be able to breathe that way and did a bunch of whippets while his friend tried to bring him into a restaurant to install the safe so that they could rob the place.
0: And he suffocated
1: in in the safe and did not realize until years of being in the afterlife why that didn't work to wear the snorkel in the safe
2: well they all really had embarrassing deaths like Mm -hmm. eleanor is literally having a depresso espresso moment and is like in the supermarket with like you know the schleppy sweatpants and the sweater that's like falling off of you and goes to get margarita mix and then drops it in the fucking parking lot and gets plowed over by a bunch of shopping carts and then Tahani is being a dramatic little bee and is ruining her sister's event of some kind and She's pulls being
1: inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame.
2: Yes, and pulls a statue of her sister down onto herself. So Tahani's
1: relationship with her sister Both cracks me up and also depresses me a little bit because her sister literally is the golden child. Like, her parents don't give two shits about
0: Tahani. Other than to pit the sisters together. That was the whole thing. Yeah,
1: they pit them against each other
0: constantly.
1: And it's stupid. Like, they just just let them be sisters. She painted a birdie with a hat. Be happy for her. I can't. No, and that thing was fucking cute as shit.
2: Yeah, I, I don't... There's so much about this show that makes you kind of explore what is good and what is bad and
1: (sighs) well and the thing with tahani being in the bad place she literally raised billions for charity billions but all she was trying to do was gain her parents respect and so her motivations were off she didn't care about the people she was actually helping she just wanted the attention and to be seen and so it's like that's that's really hard because you're like, she was such a good person. Look at her. She raised all this money. And then, no, nope, it meant nothing because she wasn't actually doing it for the right reason.
0: Well, her sister could probably name Category. It's famous for doing all of these things, music, art, whatever. i never really seen. Yeah, no, she just
1: was doing whatever she wanted yeah. or whatever her parents told her to do. It is a really lovely moment between them when she realizes that the paintings that she had in this gallery meant to represent. Like her parents together in one area and then them apart. Yeah. And it's like she's like, oh, my God, because they're all just like random paintings and random uh, like circular objects where the two were together and two apart or triangles or whatever. And she realizes after she's about to be arrested that she painted them. It was their relationship and their parents' relationship and how they were always separate and it's a really lovely moment where they get back together and notice and everything.
0: Well, the show does do a good job of sneaking up on you with that stuff. Oh, yeah, it does. You're like, out of nowhere,
1: you're like, oh, yeah, you're going to get a catfight between Camilla and-, and Tahani. And then it's like, oh, no, nope,
0: she's hugging her. And then they have a the beautiful moment and they finally get to go to the good place where they are friends and they are getting along really well. And then eventually their parents pass and they have to go through this whole growth process of trying to be a family a good family yeah well that's one of their
2: solutions at the end of like what is a good place and how do you make it a good place is that nobody gets off scot-free pretty much everyone has to go through similar trials as what the the main four had to go through to get to the point where they were at the good place right you have to you have to go through the growth process that you're maybe not afforded on
1: earth absolutely and it it's more about learning too mm-hmm. in what they yeah. change the afterlife to um because when they when they arrive in the good place initially they realize that it's it's a happiness pump like it they're so dead inside because everything is perfect yep and so they give them the ability to end it if they if they would like to when they decide that it is their time they can walk through this archway and basically be absorbed by the universe we
0: don't know what happens after that are they reborn or they we don't know what the true afterlife good place bad place
2: which i think is really smart of them to do because it kind of puts a little asterisk next to it that says like we still don't fucking know
0: yeah
1: right well and just life can still end then mm-hmm. you know
0: mm-hmm.
1: stuff doesn't mean as much if it can go on forever and ever
0: well, it's the same contra- concept as, I'll make the reference, The Matrix, when the machines couldn't make, essentially, they couldn't function it, recreate all the good and bad of Earth in The Matrix to buy it. Yeah. Things can't
1: be perfect all the time. We'll go nuts.
0: Well, it's the classic how do you know what light is if it's never dark?
1: Correct. And I like
0: being. <laughs> okay, Miss Goth over there. Um,
1: <laughs> which is funny because currently, of the three of us, dark gray, dress for you hey
0: it's got polka dot
1: dark shirt and pants for you all day every day and i have a hot pink shirt on
0: yeah but like we are all just dead inside good <laughs> <Could> argument <laughs> liz i am yeah. dead inside let's go. yeah but honest. you know <laughs> i'm real insightful <laughs> oh
1: man uh, we have mentally blue screened liz like eight times i had a hellish. of a I'm on vacation, vacation. hmm <laughs> A good thing to talk about transversely is maybe um the other relationships that involved the main people for instance when they're back on earth cheaty has a very meaningful relationship with a woman named simone
2: simone got done dirty
1: yeah she really did yeah simone did get done dirty
2: <laughs> i like that's one of the few things that i don't really like about the show is that you create this character who honestly in many ways is perfect for cheaty and really likes him and they're weird and quirky in a way that really balances each other out. And you, you don't want them to succeed because you're, like, fully on the Eleanor train now, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: But Simone really got fucking screwed over here. But the, I love Simone and Chidi's relationship. Yes. I think they're really fucking cute together. And I really liked how supportive Eleanor was of their relationship because she didn't know the past of them they didn't know that they had died and come back or anything you know yeah and so there's a really cute moment where they have him in an MRI and they're taking pictures of his brain while they're asking him questions and so Eleanor all of a sudden like butts in is like what color are Simone's eyes and he goes brown hey what and she's asking him these questions that are making him uncomfortable and everything you know (laughs) <laughs> and she goes you like simone he goes that's not a question she goes you're t- so you're right you're telling me it's a fact simone question for you do you like Cheety? yes are you mad at Cheety for not asking you out yes Cheety, are you mad at yourself yes it's just really cute you're like oh <laughs> like right and again i'm fully on the eleanor train but at the same time like i was i loved their relationship i loved simone and Cheety together
2: yes and you can definitely see how, under completely different circumstances, they would have had a very beautiful life together
0: yeah yeah i i I agree with you on on everything. I just think like they're the reason that Eleanor and Cheetah get together is also a little bit of like they're going through these same things. Over and over again. So even though at that point Cheery's been wiped and he just knows Eleanor, weird person who showed up and said she wanted to learn about ethics and flew from Arizona to Australia to Australia. I I guess I just like I liked a lot showing that things aren't necessarily inevitable. Even though that chidi and Eleanor still did end up together again because of the kind of like shit they go through. The idea that. It, there are other options i thought was really any because up till that point it kind of felt like was a little bit inevitable for them i don't know does that make sense i feel like i'm ranting a little bit but i just i liked seeing how their lives be drastically different
1: absolutely and how tahani ends up with larry hemsworth, <laughs> yeah. oh, larry hemsworth. <laughs> the <laughs> unknown
2: hemsworth brother yeah.
1: yep the unknown the unknown hemsworth brother who thinks he's super ugly and everything and people are like are referring to your chiseled jawline like he's gorgeous. Yep. And he is what he's a neuro a pediatric neurosurgeon or something like that.
0: It sounds right. <laughs>
1: it's like he's amazing by anybody's standards. <laughs> but he's just so down on himself. He cracks me up. See, well, it might it I can imagine
2: the fate of being the unknown Hemsworth brother. It wouldn't be super fun. I think it would be worse to be the unknown Skarsgard brother. Oh, yeah. <laughs> God damn, all them boys are hot. What is that? What is in the water over there? Bring it over here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then Tahani and Jason end up getting married yeah that's for tax purposes so that she can give him money though (laughs) but still they get married
2: i do love that scene where they're like at the bank and the teller is just like here's the thing like you have the power to do this and like it's
1: your bank account i'm just him this guy we're supposed to close the bank if anybody from florida even walks in here (laughs) right
0: Uh yep. Sometimes you know when Zordon picks you to be a Power Ranger, be a Power Ranger. I mean, yeah. Even if it means giving up the hot unknown, hum. it's rough. It's rough. Yeah, <laughs> you know. With all of this talk of all of these people and the Soul Squad, I think is what they're called. Uh, we haven't talked about Michael, our demon architect. I love Michael. My- yes. I love him too. I think the thing that they did such a good job with his character is. He is presented as this lovable goofball in the beginning. He loves humans so much,
1: which you think later on is, like, something that he came up with for pretending to you be know. a good place architect. And in reality, he actually really
0: does like him. He's fascinated by them. Well, and then when he becomes, or not becomes, but like shown that he is the bad guy, uh, he's still just a dumb goofball. <laughs> so at that point, like, you still love him. Yeah. He's too too hard to hate. Yeah.
2: Well, and I like that he has this big dream idea of this new way to torture humans that isn't one of the many, like, bizarre ways that they talk about, like, the penis flattening and, like, filling your butthole full of spiders. That was one of my personal favorites.
0: Butthole spiders, by the way, is fucking terrifying. Oh, my God. Spider bites in your anus? Uh i i think this
2: all like the tortures that they talk about in the show had to have just been the writers like nightmares and they were like so i had a dream once of this fucking spiders in my butthole it was terrible (laughs) that's what it feels like to me um but yeah so he has this like big idea that he's going to revolutionize everything and this is his big shot and then here comes Eleanor like fucking it all up (laughs) Arizona
0: trash yeah I think that's the other reason that Michael is lovable is who hasn't had like this big idea of how to like make something quote-unquote better and so you're kind of just rooting for him a little bit because he's also the underdog
2: Mm -hmm. well and he's also even even when he's like trying to torture them there's like a part of him that kind of likes them you can tell already like Mm -hmm. that wasn't just an act in the first season where he's like like i'm being really devious but also like you're fun i like this
1: It's one of those moments for me. I really like that moment where so he was he is pretending to be like he doesn't know what's wrong mm-hmm. with the neighborhood and everything, depressed about it. And because she doesn't want to lie to him about what's actually causing the issues because Chidi has already been teaching her and everything. She does something to try to distract him. And one of the things she does is take take him to do arcade game shit and the the skeet ball when she he was like that's all you get and she goes oh wait and then she like hits it twice and pulls out like three more tickets and he goes is that allowed and she goes not really but it is a time-honored tradition he goes say no more and it's just it's a cute moment between them where i feel like he was really enjoying himself even though you know in hindsight that you know he wasn't depressed. He didn't need that situation. But he was having fun doing things that he never thought mm-hmm. he'd be able to do because he is obsessed with humans. You just don't realize until much later on after you find out that he's he's evil that it's actually a real obsession. It's not something he just came up with to fuck with them. You know what I mean?
0: Well, and skipping to the end a little bit, but on that same thought process you also learn that he just loves the idea of not knowing what comes next, right? Because as an architect, your eternity is just it, it, for a bad guy architect or a bad place architect. It's just torturing people mm-hmm. endlessly for eternity. Uh, and that even if you really like torturing people, it's going to get boring eventually. Yep. They shove a hot dog down. <laughs> oh,
2: man. Well, I think that one of the things that I really like about the ending is, is him going back and trying the life yeah. as a human. And I'll be completely honest. If they were like, Hey, we want to milk more money out of this and create a spinoff show. <laughs> that's just Ted Danson playing this character who doesn't know how to do human. I would watch the shit out of that show.
0: Yeah. I'd also watch the shit out of, um, I keep on it. That's not her name. <laughs> Uh, Tahani. Tahani. I would watch her, like, learning to be an architect.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, because that's her thing. She, after they're in the good place and everything, and they have been there for a while, she takes on a whole bunch of different crafts and everything she learns Mm -hmm. woodworking and stuff that you wouldn't expect that she'd be into and once she's like done all of those things she's decided that it's her time to walk through the door and then at the last moment she goes wait a minute i want to do what you do michael i want to become an architect which technically she usually wouldn't be allowed to do because she's a soul she's not born of the afterlife as we call it but I think they allow her to do it because she did basically save the afterlife.
0: Well, and they're at the point where they're just kind of making up the rules as they go. So, mm-hmm. so why the hell well can't try. she?
1: Why wouldn't and wouldn't a good um, and wouldn't a, an actual human's perspective be very helpful in that situation and creating right. the neighborhoods and everything?
2: I will say it's kind of disappointing that seemingly. Uh, everybody except for Tahani gets to have the happily ever after romantic relationship and that just is nothing is just not something that comes to fruition for her I mean they almost portray it as if she doesn't need that at all and like on one hand that's really great but we're talking about an eternity here and so it kind of wish that even if it was the like unknown Hemsworth coming back around, <laughs> right. That he
1: has a name. It's Larry.
2: It's the unknown Hemsworth. <laughs> the unknown, yeah. It's like the other Tucker. It's like, sure. You've got a name, but we don't care. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> she, I just, you know, even if it was just like a a clip of her getting some of that, Because I think she deserved to have that as well. And having massive growth and familial development into a loving family and um, being able to want to pursue something not because of how she thinks it, it will look, but because of it being something that she's really passionate about. All of that is super awesome, but it does not, in my opinion, negate her ability to have any of those things. So, why doesn't she get to?
0: I think I kind of actually liked because if she would have also gotten it ever after, it would have said that happily happily ever after meant having a romantic partner, and I think the idea of having somebody got to have everything else and was happy shows that you don't have to have a get to that point.
1: I agree with Liz on that that i I like I like how that ending is for her a little better. I will say that I also kind of took it as she spent her entire life needing the approval of everybody and needing there to be people around her constantly, and I think she's using her afterlife to find her independence and find the things that she likes to do and everything.
2: I'm, I mean, I agree with that to a certain extent, but and I don't think that she needed to have a Cheaty and Eleanor soulmates, not soulmates, soulmates, right? Mm -hmm. um but just the ability to have that because there's also this thing of and it lands that way at the end of the show that women can't have it all right you cannot have the career and the passion projects and um and a healthy family and have a good romantic relationship and eleanor doesn't really have a strong pursuit of I mean career in the afterlife what does that even fucking mean right but like she doesn't really have that she just gets the guy kind of and and so yeah I just like I said it does not need to be the big sweeping romantic thing but just to know that she, she wasn't alone she wanted to have a soulmate at the beginning of the series and and she's never given anything close to that you know
0: yeah, I, I I definitely get that because and she talks about wanting a soulmate so bad. But to like take on to your point about Eleanor though, do you think Eleanor wants that in her afterlife to career or some you know, some version thereof? No.
2: I and I'm not saying that she should, but it's very much for it being the good place, Tahani does not get to have her cake and eat it too.
0: Just that if I if I go went to some sort of good place, What would my eternal life? be had finally
2: see. Okay, so hmm, I want to talk about something that happens in About Time, which is a movie I've brought up before that I think that we need to maybe watch for this, but I don't want to spoil anything. But there is a character who uses his life really to 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 do that to like pursue the TBR. Right, Mm it's it's never ending. Um. And uh, and I often think that that's amazing. But I also, <laughs> I don't think we could possibly conceive of what a true good place is no. because we don't know how to, in this society, to be happy.
0: Well, not only that, but how to not have, mm-hmm. right? Because like right now, if you were to say, you went to a paradise and what would that look like? I would be like, I don't have to cook. I have to clean. I can sleep as much as I want. I can play all the video games I want. I can read all I want. Uh, But, you know, eventually that would run out. Eventually I would be like, okay, well. I I kind of like going then, you know. Right. Or like, well, maybe I do want to try doing something new or different. So it is hard to comprehend what eternity or however long you want to be there without a care in the world looks like. Well,
1: Well, they kind of point that out. They do. When they they get to the good place – jason first thing he wants to do is ride go-karts with monkeys yeah because of course he does um and he's gone for maybe five minutes before he comes back and he's like you're done already and he goes oh yeah i got bored and he'd literally been talking about it the entire season
2: well that's kind of where we end up meeting uh is it hypatia yeah yeah you you know she's literally been in a state of constant contentment for centuries mm-hmm. and it's it's it, it's not just that it's boring it's that it eventually becomes nothing
1: it turned her it turned their brains to mush right literally and These are the first new <coughs> people they had seen in 500 years i don't remember it's a long time it's a long ass time and like nobody was even excited about ooh new people or anything they just stood there like zombies
2: I think that even even though it's not even just like when they show up and that good place is flawed, right? Yeah. It's there that same inherent flaw exists in the new good place. Eventually, people get to a point where they're like, I can't, there's nothing else I want to do. Okay. I don't want to relive this beautiful memory that I had when I was on Earth. I don't want to fly to every corner of a conceivable universe that I could think of. Mm -hmm. I just don't want to do anything anymore. And I think that that's the part that most of us are going to struggle with when it comes to this conversation, is that it seems like there are infinite possibilities. How could you ever get bored? But eventually you get to the point where you're just soul weary. And I think, once again, it goes back to even this team that's been living in the afterlife and go, rebooted like 800 times, right? They can't conceive of what a true paradise would be because eventually your conception as a human being limits what the possibilities are. And for us, what is a driving force for most people is possibility.
0: Well, it's the same concept uh, when you read a lot of vampire books, not a lot, but like some of the more serious, like Anne Ricey, ones, where when you're staring down immortality, eventually you just get tired of it. And I think I I don't think it's a flaw to say that they couldn't come up with a perfect paradise. There might be something to say that there can never be a perfect paradise because we as people need a drive and a focus or something we're trying to do. And without it, it's you can only do nothing for so long.
1: Well, and that's why when they when they do create the version of the good place and the bad place they they mm-hmm. really did rewrite everything that actually exists in in this universe as far as as the ending of of people's lives but they also when they set up the good place they give them an out and it reinvigorated so many right of the people that had been there for centuries because all of a sudden oh there is actually a way to end this and some of them just stuck around because they wanted
0: to see what happened next because it was changed. Well, there's new. Um, I do think though that there probably would be some people who take that out. That is, we don't know. It'd be nothing. Be something.
1: Yeah, I know. Eventually, I probably take it because I get bored. That
0: hardest. Chidi's ready to long oh. for Eleanor. Like that is so hard in my brain as somebody who is envisioning what that would be, and I'm just, oh shit, that would be.
2: I, yeah. My I mean, I bawled. let's be so oh, honest, real. oh oh no. both watched I balled, um'cause i i I watched it once, like I said in while well, it was actively running on television, and then I rewatched it during Covid, and oh my God, that was devastating, but in some ways, I feel like the devastation is part of what kept Eleanor able to stay longer right? Because mm-hmm. it's a new feeling. And I, I think that they do such a good job of understanding the human condition in this show because that's a perfect example where it's like sometimes feeling bad feels good, you know? And <laughs> we, we as a species are so messed up that like we would rather have interesting than good I would say about 70% of the time.
0: Very true. That's yeah. absolutely true.
2: And um, so, yeah, I, th- I think that the way that it ends is perfect, as we've already kind of mentioned. Oh, yeah.
1: no, perfect ending.
2: What I think of is that, like, space beyond the door, right? Is I, I keep coming back to the – Danny, I'm sorry. This is not going to be for you. <laughs> I keep coming back to the episode where Buffy comes back and finally confesses to Spike that she was not in hell, right? For her, she she couldn't, there was nothing tangible, right? Right. But she knew that she was at peace, and she knew that she had left everyone she loved and cared about in a better place than they would have been otherwise, or that they were taken care of. I can't remember her exact language, right? right? And she was ripped out of it. Yeah. And so I, I just really picture that as being what lies beyond is just finally not having need of any kind. Including something. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. I do love how when she does walk through the door, her energy splits off into the universe. And one little bit of it touches a guy who got a letter that wasn't his and he threw it away. And then when she touches that piece of her, it touches him. He goes and picks it up and he ends up knocking on Michael's door to give him this letter. And it's just it's just a sweet little moment where you realize, you know, that people touch other people, you know. And in that moment, I think Michael did recognize her energy a little bit. I mean, he's
0: human now, but he didn't start out that way. Mm hmm. You know, we haven't talked about J- um, and Jason is actually the first one that goes through the door. Yes. Mm hmm uh except he doesn't <laughs> yeah <laughs> he goes with cheety.
2: that that was such a blindside moment too oh i know, too, oh, I, know. Just like, I was like what the uh, fuck oh uh, yeah
0: <laughs> i i loved it because it was like a jason kind of like returning to john Yoo, like fake care good bad place of just being like, all right, I'm gonna chill with the trees and wait for Janet. And he's there for some unknown amount of time. Several Beremis, whatever <laughs> that Jeremy Beremis. Jeremy Beremis.
1: It's it's the like their calendar in the afterlife is. It looks like the cursive words Jeremy Beremis. Yeah. And when they they talk about it, Chidi goes, "What is the dot on the eye?" Yeah. <laughs> and they're like Tuesdays. And sometimes never. And he's like, that broke me. The dot broke me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But so he's there for several years in After Light Time, just sitting in the trees, waiting for Janet to come back.
0: Yeah. I mean, he could have left and went and found her, but it's Jason. It's true. <laughs> it's Jason. Because, like, he, he decides
1: that he's going first, and then Tahani decides... A few many bear me's later. But then she decides to become an architect. And then it's cheaty. Yep. After many more bear <laughs>
2: Yeah.
1: I, Jason is. I don't know. He's just. He's, he's, so,
2: dumb. he's <laughs> so dumb. He's so dumb. Oh my god. He's the definition of a himbo right there. Just like. Oh god.
0: What is. What, what are you? He's oh.
1: a sweetheart.
0: But he's oh. so dumb. But he's so dumb. And like. He's the f- a hot dum dumb. <laughs> it's exactly, yeah, that's what he's called, the hot dum-dum. Um, I just also love that the reason he was finally done is he got the, like, ultimate score in Madden. Playing as uh, the Jacksonville the, Jaguars. Yes. It's like, I've achieved everything I need to
2: achieve. I also think that because Jason would have just burned through all the crazy ideas that he had, I think right. it makes total sense that he would be the
0: first one. Agreed oh yeah he has no patience
1: and i mean he got to see his best friend come to the afterlife he got to see his dad come to the afterlife got to see them be able to come into the good place after going through their trials and everything because mm-hmm. that's the other great thing about the ending is people slowly from their lives previous start showing up so like eleanor's roommates who they were terrible with and everything and and jason's family Pillboy. oh
0: boy oh pill boy <sighs> The boy is
1: one of my favorite side characters because he's just so ridiculous, so but ridiculous. so
2: earnest about everything.
1: And You know, you get to see slowly their families start to come and their their people, how they affected their lives and everything. And that's kind of neat to see that they're spending time with the people that they loved on Earth who have now passed their tests to come to the good place.
2: You know, one character that we haven't talked about that is one of my favorite side characters uh, is Doug Forsett. <laughs> Doug <Forsett.
0: laughs> Oh, set.
2: Oh. God. Right. right? Oh my god. I just love it that like for the longest part of like the first season, he's like the reference point of like Doug Forsett. Got it like 98% right or something like that. He
1: went on a bad trip and his friend asked him, what do you think happens when we die? And apparently he got like 98% of what actually happens and it freaked them all out.
2: (laughs) Yeah. They're like, no one has ever been as close as Doug (laughs) Forsyth.
0: His, like, name is, like, an honorific Doug Doug Forsett. And then it's all sorts of tragic when we actually meet Doug Forsett. And he is basically, in a way, kind of, like, wasting his life trying so hard to be this ultimate perfect person um, to get into the good place. And as we've learned at this point... or not at this triggers the, that you can, can't get in the you can't be ultimately good and with, it's really with all the unintended consequences yeah
1: well and then subsequently he's allowing himself mm-hmm. to be abused
0: yep well
2: and and for a show that's all about the afterlife it really manages to bob and weave around religion in a very elegant way and i think the the closest you get to a call out to religion is Doug Forsett. And in that his religious level of pursuit of trying to be good enough to be get getting into the good place really talks to the obsession. Some people have of dedicating this life to hopefully being good enough for the next one rather than living this life. Uh, And I think that it, it's hard to watch because on some level there's people out there that you know are doing a version of this only their choices very frequently are not as altruistic as Doug Forsett's are
1: well and the the other only mention i think i've i did ever hear in in this show of religion is at the very beginning she mm. asks who was right and he he basically said every every religion had some aspects of it correct and then that's when he mentions mm-hmm. Doug Forsett he goes you know everybody had about about 10 or 12 percent correct except for Doug Forsett and she's like Ooh. and then that's when he goes into the explanation of that he, mm-hmm. he was a stoner kid
0: but that's another one of those great call outs that's like they obviously had to have planned that they were going to be the triggered learning you can't get into not being um, but to plant that in the first episode as just like this throwaway joke, um, I, I think it just shows a really good job of showing how they must have planned all of the season. Exactly, they do the same thing with Derek. Oh, Derek's Derek! So they bring
1: Derek in in season one because Janet finds out that she was married to Jason in their like first reboot, mm-hmm. and he's then marrying to Honey, and she starts to glitch because she's. Inadvertently upset, even though she doesn't really realize that she is, and so Eleanor tells her to get her some. <laughs> 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 she basically tells her to find a rebound guy, and so Janet's way of finding a rebound guy is to create oh, God. one. God,
2: Derek is too fucking funny.
1: Oh, oh God, the Derek evolution is so of
2: him—it's
1: so, so good. He's so incorrect in his brain. He constantly is like Derek. Um, he just, that's most of what he says is Derek, until he's been rebooted millions of times. And then he still says Derek. Yeah, and then he's still a little little messed up. But like, eventually he turns into a fucking nebula that appears when you say his name. Like, he's... Ridiculous. Also, he does not have private parts. He chimes. What's what's a girl supposed to do with wind? Well, chimes, it leads to this really
2: it. funny line when you find out that Minnie Sinclair's <laughs> been like rebooting him over and over and over again. or he's like, "And I almost have a full penis now." <laughs> and you're like, "Okay, good for you, buddy." And th- but then the more you think about it, you're like, "What is a partial?" what does that mean yeah, what does yeah, it mean and then you're like don't tell me i don't want to know i don't
0: want to know i don't want to know well if you think about it he starts with wind chimes and then ends up with an almost so what is what right the transition is it is, is it like less penis?
2: chimes is it or does it like transition from like basically like the little little metal pipes for the wind chimes and then eventually it gets into those like bamboo pipes And then eventually it's like one bamboo pipe. Like, what are we dealing with here? I don't know. And I love when they're like getting down and and Minnie Sinclair is like, oh, my God, your wind chimes, they feel so weird. (laughs) What is he doing with them? And then they're jingling the whole time. And so you're like, I don't how like there's not there shouldn't be that much air between the two of them. So how are they jingling? (sighs) Listen, the way my brain tried to sort this out.
1: When Janet reabsorbs his energy and all of a sudden Eleanor goes, oh, no, guys, I hear wind chimes. Everybody look away. Look away. I'm still going to watch. But look away.
0: (laughs) Oh, God. That's one of my favorite things about Eleanor is she's just the constant dirty jokes. Like everything is just how can we make this into some nasty ass comedy? And I'm like, yeah, I'm here for that. And she's
1: constantly hitting on Tahani and Janet. Yeah,
0: I I totally get it. Well, I also love
2: that that both Janet and Tahani are kind of like, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. We I mean, it could it could maybe. And Tahani's final thing that she was gonna check off the list is that she objectified Eleanor. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's right. Oh gosh, <laughs>
1: she just aggressively hit on her.
2: You gotta do what you gotta do.
1: I mean, she's a smoke show too.
2: I okay. Also, before we totally like walk away from Janet again, I gotta say that actress—I cannot think of her name off the top of my head anymore—but God damn, she's good. Think about all oh, the things fantastic. they asked her to do. She's bad Janet. She's fucking neutral Janet. She's disco Janet. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I
0: love disco fucking disco Janet. It's disc J- hilarious. I can't remember her name either, but I know she's a. Well, Santa there's comedian. also
2: an episode where she plays Eleanor and Chidi and Tahani and Jason as janet like yes
1: yes they're all (laughs) in her voice
2: she just like they were like hey here's a weird acting challenge that doesn't make any goddamn sense how how how, you want to go do that and she's like
1: okay i guess like (laughs) i guess this is what i'm doing yeah she's amazing i always think about that because she does do so much Mm -hmm. in this show and oh god she cramps so her fucking bad janet
2: oh my god i love that dink is one of the bad janet's like favorite disses Stupid dink.
1: Yeah, it's her go-to <laughs> diss. Yeah. Like,
2: that dink. Oh, my God. I don't know why, but I find that fucking hilarious.
1: And her trademark is to just, like, rip yeah. ass.
2: Yep. You know what I think about that? Lifts leg.
1: Like,
2: I also love that Bad Janet is always on her phone. Like, just, like, what, who is, who are you texting? You're in the fucking afterlife. Like, what are you doing on your phone? That, I, I that's what I want. The, that's the information that I'm lacking is I want screenshots. What is bad Janet doing on her phone?
0: <laughs> Maybe she's just texting all the other bad Janets. Maybe. I will say I
1: really appreciate that, like, they had caught bad Janet at one point and he gave her the, like, manifesto of what everything had happened so far and when the judge wants to just completely reboot the world, she steps up and is like, mm, nope. And they like hid the clicker device thing in one of the Janets. <laughs> but it's bad Janet that comes up and is like, no, that nope." like she helps with this distraction and everything because she yeah. also knows that this isn't the way the world is supposed to be and the universe is supposed to be. And I, I really appreciate that, that bad Janet also comes came in. Right.
2: I love the marbling of Janet episode where like the judge is going through and like all the janets show up and they're like all getting turned into marbles
1: he's marbleizing them because <laughs> that's how you that's how apparently you get rid of a janet is to stick a paper clip in their ear and yeah. push their nose let's
2: okay okay let's talk about the judge though because she is a fascinating character in that she's supposed to be impartial right and she's supposed well and first and Maya Rudolph like fucking kills it right. right and I love the like bit where she's obsessed with shows that start uh uh Timothy Aliphant um, yeah. uh yeah he's he's Timothy smoking Aliphant. for sure anyway sorry I got distracted <laughs> um he, we didn't even pull up a picture of him Wiggles Scott. my brain did
0: look they're rebooting Justified right now and I just saw that in my head
2: yeah yeah mm. <laughs> Anyway, moving forward. So <laughs> I I just she's an amazing character. She's a fun character. She does like a lot of really fun bits in it, but at the end of the day, I don't think the judge is neutral. Like no. no. As a foible to the character's that made sense, but when you when it's like her character is supposed to be truly neutral, she definitely chooses the evil side. That is not a good person. Well, person. She is not on the side of good. Well, she's, And she's definitely on the side of evil. Like, that is not, she's not neutral.
0: I I see it less as her being definitively on the side of evil and more her being on the side of liking the system as is. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it serves her the way it is. So why would she get drastic change? Which but I will you say could she- define it as evil, but not necessarily bad.
1: yeah. I will say though that as soon as Sean came around as well, yeah. she was like, Fine, let's do this, you know? But she I feel like she also you could say she is more neutral because she needed everybody to agree before they put that situation in place. Like right. Sean also had to be in in on it.
2: Okay, so I guess here before we get into our ratings, uh, where do you think you land? Good pace, bad place, middle place.
0: And- when they are at the end and they have it all kind of... No, not what fixed. do you want.
2: Where well, do you where think do you, you think
0: would you land? Would... I understand that, but are you talking about at the end?
2: I'm talking about before they fix things.
0: Well, before they fix things, we all go to the bad place. She has a bad v-
2: mm, Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> After they fix it, where do you land?
0: I would definitely be a middle place person. Uh, I think so, too. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be like bottom of the barrel middle place, but... <laughs> I'm I'm, I'm I'm middle place scum i know that <laughs> i wasn't calling you scum
1: i was agreeing for me yeah i know <laughs> i just realized that it sounded like i was like yeah yeah liz, yeah you're you are. yeah liz you're scum um what about you
0: i nice. think i'm in the bad place
1: what, what? Why? i think i'm in the you bad have, place you have
0: to be bad to go to the bad place at at the end though like you have to be like a murderer in fact the bad place doesn't even really exist. does everybody just get an opportunity to go to the middle place and like fix themselves? I, don't um,
1: know. I think so I think there's factors like if you did truly evil things murder that kind of thing, you go to the bad place okay. for general torture. Um, others that are, are kind of medium people, they go to get tested and to be improved and everything to learn before that they can accept their place in the good place. And
0: then, of obvious good place is yeah. good place. Yeah, definitely middle place. Mm. Same solid middle place. Mm.
2: Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You
0: didn't mark any, not that, that
2: you I'm know aware. of. Ah. Okay, so time to wrap up. What Jesus do you God. guys think about our non-spice
0: writing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the only spice is like the the sex tape that mindy st Clair right <laughs> has of eleanor and chidi so i mean it is a zero they kiss yeah. they kiss there's a lot of sexual Influed. comments yeah there's An a innuendo. lot of implied
1: things like they yeah. they totally bang it up in in the good place postal service thing when he puts on the he does look cute right. in that he i gotta does look say cute in that She's obsessed with Postman. He what is, is a, a hot man. No, it's Mailman. Oh. She's obsessed with
2: Like, that actor, so uh, I had started watching The Good Place and then eventually got around to watching Midsummer, and he's in it. And I, like, could not reconcile the two. I was like, no, my cheating would <laughs> never.
0: <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> I am. Actually, I haven't seen *Midsummer*, but I saw him in um, *Ant-Man: Quantum Mania*, and I was just like, I was so confused as I watched it. I was like, Gigi, what are you doing?
1: I just love all the jokes that she makes in it. That were she's like, "He's surprisingly jacked," and you're like, "He really is," because like is. he takes off his shirt when he's having the like existential crisis, and he makes the giant pot of chili with fucking peeps oh, in god, it. Oh god,
2: that's hilarious! Oh, okay. And you he put just the walks peeps into a in in store the chili with pot. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he walks into a store with no shirt on, and you're like, "Oh, oh, cheaty."
2: Well, with, somehow with the shirt on. Which is like a
1: live, laugh, wine or something like that. Yeah. Uh, like he's, he looks even more ripped. Yeah. He just doesn't have a normal sweater vest situation. Hiding all the, hiding all the goods. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, that man is hot. Yeah. Yes. And they, they put him in nerd clothes and we're like, they'll never notice. It's like, no, sir. We no, noticed. We, know. we noticed. We noticed. <laughs> we know. Uh, everyone can see him.
0: Everyone. Like he's there. Well, that describes the spice rating of the show as in there isn't any so what is your romance rating
1: i honestly give it like a four i really enjoyed the relationships in these and they weren't toxic for once and even when they had their toxic moments they like addressed it you know what i mean
0: i do know what you mean i don't know i'm sitting between a 3.5 and a four i'm not really i'm not really sure where i land i'm leaning
2: more i almost even want to go 3 Not because the romance is bad, but it's... I mean, the show wasn't about romance. It was a show that had romance in it. And so the focus of it wasn't romance. It used romance as a tool to have other conversations so I guess I'll land on a 3.5. And that's kind of why I was
0: thinking 3.5. So
1: yeah, well, and I, I understand that like it isn't the main focus of this show, but I do really enjoy the relationships that they built and that they built over time.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm hmm.
1: All right. So that sounds good.
0: That brings us to the big rating. The big kahuna. What's your overall rating? I this mean, for, five m-
1: for me, it's, it's a, one a five of my favorite shows.
0: It's a really good show.
2: And it and it has rewatch value that in a way that a show like this really should not be able to pull mm-hmm. off, but it mm-hmm. does. So for me, it's a five.
0: I'm at a four point five, and I can't tell you why it's not a five. There's just like like a it's like a vibe check, and the vibe <laughs> is is real close, real close. So the best definition of that I can give you. So we'll move on to something more tangible and less stupid that I say. <laughs> what are your guys's recommendations and good fucking okay I have a weird one <laughs> you always do
2: see here's the thing I no longer believe you when you say I've got a weird one because most of the time you're like I've got this weird one and I can see where you're coming from <laughs> okay. so either we're both weird
1: I mean arguably oh. we already are aware of that situation <laughs> um, but I say Futurama
0: hmm.
1: oh Oh, I actually could see that. Yeah. Because it's got a lot of like interconnected relationships that are, are good together and everything and build over time. It also has unexpected feeler moments. Futurama can gut punch you every now and then that you're like, where the fuck did that come from? And so, yeah, that's just kind of what I thought.
0: Liz has such a confused look on her face right no, no, no. now. It's not confused. No, I'm just now thinking about Futurama that I haven't watched in a while. I know. Do I don't
1: think it? I've ever
2: actually watched a season all the way through. I've just seen random episodes.
0: I think that's mostly my thing, too, is I've just seen a lot of random episodes. So I know what the story is. I just haven't watched it from beginning. That dog episode. Let's, not go, let's not go there. Let's not go there. Don't you talk about that shit. No. You don't
2: need to put that in my head before I go to bed tonight. Uh-uh. Mm -mm. fair enough
1: who's got another recommendation
2: i do
0: all right what you got for me
2: um so this was one of my favorite shows for a good long stint but no one else had fucking seen it for some reason um and it's called dead like me oh that's a
1: good show it's a
2: good fucking show and the premise is this character george she is she dies in like an equally embarrassing way, she gets hit by a toilet seat that flies out of an airplane and lands on her like a fucking meteorite. And when she passes, she happens to be the right number of souls to be collected. That the Grim, essentially, or or Reaper, is actually what they use in the in that storyline, who comes to collect her soul is now able to pass the torch on to the next person. So she becomes a reaper. And so the first season is a lot of her figuring out the rules, um, what the expectations are, but also when she's not actively reaping a soul, she's living a normal quote unquote normal life while also grieving her own life and, and watching her, friends and family move on without her it's a really interesting show and has mandy patinkin in it so
0: oh i do love me some mandy patinkin never heard of it but it sounds fascinating
2: it's it's got a lot of good humor but also has conversations kind of like this show has where it's like what is waiting for us on the other side and what is good and what is bad and what is right and what is wrong so yeah i think it I think maybe the reason that people don't talk about it as much anymore is because it got canceled before it could really take off. Like, it, it only had a couple of seasons. And I think it with a few more, it would have been one of those shows that we talk about all the time.
0: I'll have to check it out. Um, My two suggestions, one is kind of an easy one, and it's just because I think the comedy is relatively similar-ish, but nothing about else about it is, um, is Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Mm-hmm uh mm-hmm. and i guess also in that show there's a lot of inner um both in romantic relationships but also just friendships and also Derek's in it uh as this crazy cop that just has a very long stint and
2: the demon boss is kevin
0: yes the demon boss is uh and my other suggestion is lucifer
2: mm. oh, uh, is based that on-
0: that. yeah it's based on neil gaiman's um with a comics called lucifer you first meet him in the man comics but the the premise of it is Lucifer uh, decides to say fuck it, and he's done being the devil, and decides to come to Earth and just fuck around and own a bar, uh, nightclub, and live life as this kind of like almost super, I guess. Uh, and then he falls into being a like consult, consult, consultant for the LAPD to help solve all sorts of murders and crimes and stuff um it's got pretty good comedy in it and it also just kind of questions I don't know spiritual in the world and all that so.
2: I have not uh watched it partially because it from the clips that they show of it or, or the promotion that they show of it it looks like they were like what if we just took a, a, a cop procedural and and gave you a Sherlock Holmes only the Sherlock Holmes is the devil himself right and so I like I've been like but you say Neil Gaiman, and I'm now I'm gonna go watch it.
0: Well, I wouldn't. I guess I really don't think of him as as Sherlock in any way. He's kind of just dicking around for the fun of it. Yeah, and um, he's funny and very just. He's very sassy. Oh yeah, and hot. Oh,
2: that hot. That I can oh. get. I can concede. Any pictures I've seen of that man, I'm like, sir,
0: sir. <laughs> <laughs> One of my my other favorite plots in that or like storylines in that is he goes to see a psychiatrist because or a counselor or whatever, just to cope with life. And so he just like tells her, oh, yeah, I'm, if I remember, he just tells her like, I'm the devil and blah, blah, blah. It's really interesting to just watch the devil go to like a human counselor and talk about his human problems. And she gives him human solutions. And it's really fun. Yeah, I'll be checking that out.
1: His interactions with the cop's daughter kill me every time. Oh, my
0: gosh. Yeah. It's so cute. All right, everyone. Well, that kind of wraps it up for us here. If you liked this episode um, or even if you didn't, you can still find us out there on all the socials at Wrong Dust Jackets or Wrong Jackets on what is now called X. Or you can just find us on our website at WrongDustJackets.com. Please rate, review, leave a comment uh, wherever you are listening to this. We'd love to hear from you. Send us suggestions, uh, whatever you got. That's all there is. So bye, y'all. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye.